Hi everyone, good evening, welcome to Trade Period, the Festival of the Steak Knives. This is night one of the Hawks Insiders uh, Trade Period uh, safe space as we try and go through the day's news and look at it from a brown and gold lens. How does it, uh, even the Hawks haven't done business, how might things affect the way Hawks are going to go about it? Um, we are going to discuss things like that for the next little while. Um, joining me is my co-host, uh, uh, Darren Levine. Hello, Darren. Hi, Ash. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. It's uh, another extremely busy day of trades. Uh, yes, none involving Hawthorne, but it did get off to a bright start today. Normally, the uh, opening day of the trade period is one for a bit of shadow boxing, but we managed to see a few things get done. So, um, a reasonable start, and uh, certainly TWS been very active in shipping a couple of players out the door with a couple more to come. Hawthorne was in the news a little bit. Uh, some of it was following effects to Hawthorne as well. Uh, hello to Simon Morowitz. Evening, everyone. And congratulations to you, young man. Uh, baby number three arrived overnight. Very impressed that uh, instead of looking after the other two, you've uh, ditched them <laughs> with someone and come on to talk about Hawthorne Trades. Yes. Um, no, they are comfortably asleep at the moment. So you've got me tonight while the um, while mum and Bob are still in hospital. But I think once they come home, it's going to get a bit crazy. So I have a storm at the moment. Well, congratulations. Uh, all well. Thank you. Yes, everyone's going great. Um, and mum was a champion and daughter is really, really, really gorgeous. So um, just just thrilled at the moment. Do we have names yet? Saturday. Saturday comes Saturday, name. Of course, Saturday's name down the day. So... Uh, well, we'll do an emergency spaces on Saturday night to discuss the name <laughs> of Morrow's third child, if nothing else. Danny Prince, this is your time to shine, son. Uh, thanks, Ash. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yes, you've had the spreadsheets going and the whiteboards and uh, is it like Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind? you just got <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, diagrams going everywhere. Spin, 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 yeah. How this all going to work? Absolutely. No, I think it's, um, you know what, it's actually exciting that there was actually uh, a couple of trades done on the first day of trade period. It hasn't happened for a while, so um, it probably indicates we're, we're in for a busy period, even if the Hawks, um, you know, depending on how a few, uh, a few things go, may or may not be that busy themselves. It's always exciting to have a trade period with plenty happening. It is. Um, so just a bit of the housekeeping for this. We're going to wrap this up. We're keeping this on a half an hour, given that we've got a lot to get through and try and do these most nights. Uh, so we'll keep it reasonably tight. Um, we won't be doing one tomorrow night for a couple of different reasons. So even if the blockbuster one comes through tomorrow, sadly, we won't be able to join you. Hopefully, we'll be doing something Wednesday night. But uh, there will be no spaces tomorrow night, but then we'll pick it up every night of the trade period thereafter. Um, Danny told me he can make one tomorrow. Well, we'll, uh, we'll discuss that uh, a bit online. Keep, watch this space. Maybe we'll do one tomorrow night. We'll see. Um, and if you've got a question or observation uh, or a suggested trade as well, if you want to uh, play trade radio and uh, come up with a trade you think the Hawks should be trying to lever or make happen in the next eight or so days, please uh, make a request to speak. We'll get to you. So we'll get through things. The first item of business, Danny, is with regards to Jack Gunston. Um, it is becoming clearer and clearer that this won't be a free agency uh a free agency selection or acquisition by Brisbane, that there'll be some sort of trade going down. So what would both sides be looking for? In particular, what would Hawthorne be looking for out of this? And what's it play for the Hawks 
in terms of trying to do some business later on? Look, it's it's near on impossible to know, and there's been no real rumour as to what the Hawks or the Lions might um, might be talking about and where it, where it might head. I think, look, the Hawks will probably be happy enough with some sort of pick improvement. So if if we can trade a pick to them with Gunston and get a better pick in return, um, whatever we get out of out of the Lions uh, for Gunston is 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 bonus because if he left it as a free agent, we would have not received anything. So um, while we have a little bit of leverage, I think the Lions will, will um, probably not just sort of give us, give us the farm. So we've got to be pretty comfortable with whatever we get, but I'd be looking to get some kind of pick swap. Um, you know, if we can, if we can somehow upgrade our second rounder to their first or something like that, um, that'd be like the best outcome we could. But even if it's a upgrading our third rounder to a second rounder or something like that, I think that's what we should be looking for. So what do the Hawks have at the moment? Just to refresh our memory, we should have stopped, off the top. We should have uh, mentioned that. Let me let me just quickly bring it up. Keep talking while I um I get it. So it's it's pick six or six, probably pick seven. Twenty four. Yes. Um, hang on. Keep talking. So it's pick. They've got pick one and pick two. So pick six will become pick seven after Ashcroft um, goes at, at pick one and uh, Brisbane matches the bid. Um, and there's a chance that um, Port Adelaide's compensation pick for Carl Amon is middle of second round, so that will come after Hawthorne. So that uh, doesn't yep. affect so, anything anymore. So at this stage, they've got roughly they've got two picks in top 25, effectively. Yeah, and then our third round pick is actually now with Collingwood, but we have... Fremantle's third round pick. So that's sitting just inside the top 50 at the moment. That'll get pushed back or pushed forward depending on um, academy bids and father-son bids and points accumulation and stuff like that. So um, that's our third round pick. And then our fourth round pick is tied to the Gold Coast because we don't do anything simply. And that is at pick 61. And Mark McKenzie talked about taking around four players in the draft. So I think look for them to be trying to increase or upgrade um, where those last two picks sit. I don't think they'd want to be taking somebody outside of pick 50 if they can avoid it. Well, there's been suggestion that only 50, there'll only be 50 picks or so in this draft and that teams are already hoarding, excuse me, hoarding picks for next year. So uh, next year is supposed to be a, is a super draft. So um, at Hawthorne, it'd be interesting in terms of what they do in terms of protecting picks. I sort of touched on this the other night, Danny, whether they will um, do something with knowing they've got Will McCabe next year as a father-son possibility, they, they'll be looking to... They won't be emptying the war chests for this draft, will they? No, but I think if they see... So I don't think their first... They won't touch their first-round pick because I think they'll be realistic enough to know that that's probably going to be in the first half-dozen picks again next year. Um, but you might... If Brad see, has his say, it'll be the first pick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you, if Brad has his say, Carlton will win the premiership next year. Um he, you might see the Hawks trade a second or a future second or future third round pick, um, knowing that those picks might get eaten up by a Will McKay uh, bid because he's expected to be roughly around the top twenty players in the draft at this stage. Now a lot can change between now and then, and it's always fraught with a bit of danger in trading those future picks. But you can always trade them back in if you need to. So um, yeah, keep an eye out for that as a as a way to maybe get some uh, players or, or, or picks from this year's draft in. Um, the aim will be to try to get, you know, if we can get another first-round pick in some way, shape, or form. The Bo, the Bowes, Jack Bowes deal um, is one that um, 
is obviously the the one that everybody wants. Uh, all all clubs involved, they want that that pick seven. Um, but if not that, then there's there's they'll be looking to get somebody else's first round pick in order to get a couple of bites at the cherry at the top end of this uh, this draft. Danny, how are Brisbane looking for points? And uh, for that, Ashcroft and, and also Fletcher. Um, and is that some way that we can leverage Gunston um, to get a bit higher up in the draft? Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's the whole reason they want to trade for Gunston, right? Because the McStay pick, wherever that lot lands, is going to be worth more in points to them um, to get Ashcroft and Jasper Fletcher through the door than, um, you know, jeopardising it with uh, taking Gunston as a free agent. But um, in terms of what leverage we have there, I think it's a little bit, but not not an exceptional amount. They they, they won't get bent over because they've got to get so creative in this um, draft period in order to get the picks and the points that's going to satisfy the bids for the two guys that we just talked about, and then also bringing in um, Josh Dunkley from the from the Bulldogs who want two first round picks for him. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting. Um, just to watch just what Brisbane do. Um, but, you know, we might be able to twist their arm a little bit, but I wouldn't expect to be getting um, getting too much joy from them. Andrew, good evening. you got a question. I had more of a comment on the Gunston situation, boys. I was just going to say Gunston, future third for me, gets it done. Um, that gives us a couple more points towards McCabe next year. It doesn't interfere with Brisbane's pick hoarding to attempt to get the Fletcher and Ashcroft deals over the line. I feel like that's, you know, I might be underselling Jack's value a little bit, but that feels relatively fair to me. Yeah, that, that, that's, that sounds fair to me. I think um, it's a good shout, AJ. Um, you know, the, the future third gives us a few options as well in terms of what we can do trading out a, a future second or a future third to get higher up into this draft. And look, you know, like, like I said, we've got a, a 30-plus-year-old um, unrestricted free agent, you know, generally for those guys, you don't get much at all. So a future third's probably not a bad result, all things considered. Okay, AJ, good to hear from you. Um, let's move on now to the Jack Bowes uh, situation. Uh, it is down to two. Um, Danny, there's a suggestion today that the AFL has got involved for some reason and wants a future and wants Gold Coast to receive a second round pick back as part of the uh, machinations for Bose. Does that, and I've seen it on a, on a Hawthorne message board to say that actually strengthens Hawthorne's case rather than Geelong. If it's, if it's down to a, who, who can satisfy uh, Gold Coast or make the deal happen. Oh, G'day, mate. Actually plays in the Hawthorne's hands. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, we have a we will generally, you know, comparatively to Geelong, we'll have a better future second round pick. That's for sure. So, um, I think the a lot of the talk around, and I understand why the AFL is doing that. They don't want it to be an absolute. Uh, they don't want to make a mockery of the rules. Um, you know, by trading out a top ten pick and a player, and and Gold Coast not receiving anything back in return. So. Um, they feel like they have some semblance of control over a trade period by instructing that, uh, you know, that the that the club that receives um, that high-end pick gives back something to the Gold Coast. So that it makes a bit of sense to me. I'm not sure how much it strengthens Hawthorne's case in this regard, only because all of the talk around this deal is that it's all about uh, what Jack Bowes wants and um, and 
you know, what where he wants to play. And, you know, you got Patrick Dangerfield wooing him the day after the grand final and Geelong's culture being sung um, from the hilltops at the moment. So uh, it, it would be it would be great. And look, he's the question for, for Jack is, um, do you want to go to Geelong and be battling for a spot probably on a, on a wing or a halfback flank, um, you know, in a good side and probably playing half VFL, half AFL? Or do you want to come to the Hawks and probably get a starting midfield spot? So uh, that's that's the big question. That's that's what he has to answer. And I think he's doing tour of the Cats, the Hawks. And I think he's going to give an obligatory tour of Tullamarine while he's driving from Geelong to Waverley Park, I think, tomorrow as well. Yeah, suggestion was, I think, uh, Craig Cameron, the Suns' manager, said uh, tomorrow's facilities day, which leads to probably a decision by Wednesday as to which way he wants to go. So there were some reports on the weekend that Geelong were over the line, um, which wasn't uh, backed up by anybody with a blue tick on Twitter, which is probably the, this time of year. If you if you, if you you want to know if something's the truth, look for someone with a blue tick to uh, be reporting it. Uh, it's more Just like not me. Story. Don't look at me. <laughs> Well, I made a big error a couple of years ago. I was led down the garden path. And I put something out on Twitter and was held down for it for getting it wrong. So I'm very gun-shy now and reporting uh, trade speculation. I hear I'm thankfully out of business. I'll just make smart-ass comments on whatever else uh, speculates about during the day. That's my job these days on uh, when it comes to trade. Um, Daz, do you see Jack Bowes walking into Hawthorne's team from and Mora as well? Do you see Jack Bowes being a starting midfielder, best 22 round one next year for Hawthorne? Oh, look, I think would we be talking about Jack Bowes like this if there wasn't the sweetener of the, the top the top 10 pick? Well, probably not. But the, the top the, the top 10 pick would be pick seven. It would be the pick immediately after Hawthorne. So, so Hawthorne would actually have two live picks. It would be seven and eight, wouldn't it? So, uh, so, um, yeah. Seven, so, eight, so, yeah so. so I guess all the wooing is really about that that's that sweetener of the of the pick seven. So, I mean, I don't know much about Jack Bowes. His his stats don't, you know, a good young midfielder developing talent. I don't know if he walks into our best twenty two. To be honest, um, yeah, I, I honestly just just think the clubs are wooing him to get that pick. I've Can I quickly a, ask, guys, a... would I be mistaken in saying that Bose was picked up by the Gold Coast with the pick we traded for O'Meara in the end? Yeah, I think you're right, um, OJ. Yeah, it was pick That's... 10 um, in, in his draft and in his draft year, and he was incredibly highly rated. I think he's had, had some injury concerns and, you know, trying to get into a, you know, a pretty talented young Gold Coast midfielder. He was primed to do it this year until a shoulder, so, shoulder injury and subsequent surgery in pre-season sort of destroyed his, his season. So um, I actually think there's some serious talent there with, uh, with Bose. Uh, for some reason tonight, I'm struggling to pronounce his name, but um, it's just been a long day, but um, he, he, he can actually play. Like he, he was picked, he was picked to pick 10 for a reason. Uh, I think he would, he'd start in our team. I, I'm pretty confident and um, he'd be a decent get in and of itself. Obviously pick seven is the absolute carrot for these clubs, and especially Geelong, uh, and, uh, for a different reason to us, because they need that pick in order to get deals done for Ollie Henry and Tanner Bruin. So um, the Bose deal really sets them up to do everything that they want to do in this trade period. It I will think be it's re- similar for us as well, because we, um, 
would love to get a bit higher up with our first pick or our current first pick um, and maybe jump ahead of Essendon for a particular uh, forward slash midfielder who's going to be pretty high up in the draft. Um, so to, to have to give up um, that pick six that we have with kind of nothing behind it um, would be a slight problem. Um, but as much as I've got a soft spot for Jack Bowes because he's a premiership player with the Morris Horrors Fantasy Footy Club, um, I do actually, I, I think that I agree with Daz. It's definitely about the, the first round pick here. Um, and that would give us um, some serious currency to get that audacious plan um, to get higher up in the draft uh, over the line. The Baldrick coming plan. We'll save, we'll, we'll speculate what the Hawks might do. That might be one to talk, talk about later in the week, if indeed it comes off, and what Hawthorne might do if they have those two picks. We'll, uh, we'll save the speculation for a bit later on. Um, another player I want to throw at you, we've discussed him before briefly, you know, in the, in the but uh, they're putting him out there. Um, I'll, uh, Paddy Dow, or Paddy Wow, as the Carlton supporters called him, the occasional time he did something good. Again, we're looking if, if if we're looking for midfielders, and we don't get uh, and Hawthorne doesn't get uh, Bows or Bows. Uh, would is any uh, I find that question open to anybody? Is uh, Paddy Dow a, a a backup player if they're trying to get more quality or you know, potentially starting midfielders into the side? Mm, not for me. Um, I think it's pretty clear he's just he just. He's hard and he can win the footy, but he cannot kick. He can't kick the footy at all. And I just think the Hawks have struggled with delivery into the forward 50 with, um, you know, guys like Tom Mitchell just sort of bombing it and Warpole just bombing it. And that would just be adding to, to, to that. Whereas I think we want to, you know, if we're going to be bringing in midfielders, we want to make sure they've got good foot skills like Carl Amon does, um, like Josh Ward does, like Connor McDonald does. Um, to be able to improve our delivery into the forward fifty, so it'll be a it'll be a hard pass for me. I actually did a bit of scouting on uh, Dow, um, and by scouting I mean just texting a friend of mine who supports Carlton, and um, he said he he just dominates at VFL level at VFL level, but really never cements his spot in the team. So you know, fast, good skills, but doesn't really make good decisions under pressure, which is kind of backing up what Danny was saying. So again, it's you know he he was extremely highly rated in that draft, and I think there was even talk of him going at number one. So there must be something there, but you know, I I just don't know if it's worth us kind of investing in in a player who's had a lot of chances. Was he delisted? Evening uh, no, all. He's on the list, Brad. Uh, you were, you couldn't help yourself as soon as we said Carlton. You went from uh, I'm not joining in the spaces tonight, boys. So jumping on to speak. This is your club, your brief, your account. I've just Paddy got back Dow, from uh, Brisbane, but I've got some time. Paddy Dow is a no. I'll let you guys cast your memory back to the likes of your Matthew Balls, your Nick Reeses, and your Stephen Greens. The players who dominate at VFL uh, level, Dan Howe's a similar one, but when they go into the seniors, they just can't take the next step, and Paddy Dow is that type of player. If he came to us, he'd be playing a lot of time at Box Hill. There's a lot of guys ahead of him who we should be playing games in front of. I know it looks good because I think he was picked three in his draft. That was uh, Lockie O'Brien. They took a pick 10 in that draft as well. Disastrous draft for my Blues. But, no, Paddy Dow is a definite no. 
Is there not some element of if we were to get him and get the best out of him, it would be a double whammy because it hurts Carlton as well, and therefore we should have a crack? Jonathan O'Rourke, simple. Remember his name. <laughs> Enough said, Brad. <laughs> we, can, uh, we can have a go at Nick Reese as well because he's a mate of Andrew Weiss, and uh, Weiss is not on the podcast this evening to defend him. I want to talk about... Tom Mitchell. So, of course, it was interesting today. The uh, the day is uh, how it sets up the opening day of the trade period. Is it, it's a, a media event at Marvel Stadium and the, the footy managers or a spokesman for the club gets trot out in front of the media and talks about uh, different players who are out there. So this is what uh, Graham Wright, former Hawthorne recruiting guru, um, uh, said of um, Tom Mitchell. It's a chance but probably unlikely um, that Colin will pursue him. He said in another interview that uh, Mitchell is a contractor Hawthorne player and they don't think there'll be much interest there. Hawthorne, uh, I'm just scrolling up here now to um, <laughs> uh, Mark uh, McKenzie, Hawthorne's this manager. I don't think he's the greatest poker player of all time. We know there's been some interest there. He's a contractor player and a locker player over a couple of weeks. Uh, translate, uh, Daz, translate for that for me in footy speak. He's gone. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he's gone. Yeah, I think uh, I think um, old mate uh, McKenzie was speaking a bit more closer to the truth than old mate uh, Graham Wright was. Uh, Danny, what? How does this deal get done? Uh, it, that's a that's a tough one because you would be wanting around a second round pick for Tom Mitchell, I think. Uh, all things considered, especially if we're going to play pay a large portion of his salary for next year, which is, indications are that we are. But the Pies don't currently have a second-round pick. So um, it's it'll take some manoeuvring from, from Collingwood. And um, I think they've just moved out a future second-round pick for Bobby Hill. Um, so I'm, I'm not 100% sure, Ash, to be honest, how they how they plan to get it done. Maybe it's something to do. They have to wait until uh, Geelong do a deal for Ollie Henry and then see what picks they've got there. Maybe there's a potential pick upgrade um, swap in that deal. Uh, if there's not one in the, in the Brisbane Gunston deal. Uh, but I think the Mitchell one will drag out if I'm honest, because I think it'll be dependent on what other deals Collingwood can and can't get done as to whether or not they really, pursue him hard. It really does look upon a deal. I think the trade period finishes at 7.30 on Wednesday week in the evening and this has all the makings of a 7 o'clock, 7.15 deal on the last day, don't you think, Brad? Absolutely. It's going to come down to the why. I think this year there's going to be quite a few of those. Um, It seems like this year is going to be a lot more. I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago. We just there were, you know, there's been talk at even, say, you know, around 15, 16 of the season, the Grundy talk started and a few of the other uh, bigger names. There's going to be a lot of deals. And they, at AFL are going to love it. They sort of like when it stretches to that last uh, half an hour because it's really good uh, TV viewing. And I'm sure there'll be a broadcast done on AFL.com.au. And I know Fox do their broadcast as well where they like those, you know, those bigger deals to... Uh, string on. So there'll be a few deals done by the end of this week, but most of the bigger deals won't get done till, you know, late Wednesday next week. 
They don't do any deals. They actually shut down on Wednesday morning. They 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 AFL isn't don't put their people up to process and prove the deals until mid afternoon anyway. So because they want correct because they uh, yeah they, <laughs> they uh, want the broadcast. If nothing's done by Tuesday on the Tuesday night, nothing then no, it will be late afternoon all, Wednesday yeah. before they pick it up again. So between five and seven on Wednesday. They're too smart, the AFL. Um, want to talk about. Uh, Lloyd Meek, I'm going to get his name wrong. It's disrespectful last week. I was calling him Meek Lloyd. Lloyd Meek, Danny, you put an opener run down. Freo want a second round. We want for a third round. He's under contract, so Hawthorne are playing the straight line at the moment that he's a contractor player at Freo, so there's, they can't say too much. Uh, where do you think it's at? Well, I mean, I can't see, I can't see a world in which um, the Hawks give up a second round pick for Lloyd Meek. So um, you'd have to say that you know, the Hawks need a Ruckman, but they're not desperate for Lloyd Meek. You know, they, they've got Ned Reeves, they've got Max Lynch. They need another body to play p- predominantly VFL um, or push Max Lynch into playing VFL. So if they can get Meek for a third rounder, I think that's about market rate. Um, but you can't tell me there's a world where um, Tom Mitchell and Lloyd Meek are worth the same value. So I think Frio are just doing what most teams do, where they overvalue their players under contract. Um, I wish we would do that a little bit more. Um, but I think probably some sort of third-round pick, um, maybe with a pick swap to make Frio feel like they've got a win or something like that um, might work. Yeah, and Frio might wait till after the Jackson deal gets done as well. So before they... I think a lot of Hawthorne's deals are reliant on other deals that are sort of, you know, hovering around. So, yeah. Um, yeah there's going to be a lot of wait and see, I think, this trade period. I'm not sure we've seen Lloyd Meek posing under the John Kennedy statue until sometime next week, I don't think. Uh, just one last thing we do in these uh, trade week spaces, it's called uh, FOMO, players who've traded, who've gone, and we're going to run through only, uh, well, three so far, including... The free agent uh, announcement tonight. Um, Jaden Hunt, gentlemen, any regrets? Should Hawthorne have? Uh, was there a role for Jaden Hunt at Hawthorne? No. 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 There you go. Bad luck, Jaden. Enjoy life at West Coast. Um, what about Tim Taranto? Who I put a piece on, wrote a piece at SEN, uh, gentlemen, saying that there's something seriously wrong. I'm not the first person to write this, obviously, but. Something seriously wrong with the pay structures at uh, a team like GWS. So they basically had to lowball Taranto with almost insulting offer, and he had no choice but to uh, take what GWS called a lucrative opportunity from Richmond. Really, Richmond are just paying him what he's worth, I think. Although they have given him seven years, which is quite remarkable. But uh, Tim Taranto, would he play that uh, we could have somehow found a way to get to Hawthorne? Absolutely. Gone. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I would have taken him. Probably not exactly the age profile we're after, but he's just very, very good footballer. Yeah, seven years is a pretty big uh, deal for him as well. So well done to him. And Bobby Hill, who on quite a few mock drafts the year he was drafted, he was he, he a lot of mock drafts that you had him going to Hawthorne. So for that reason, and the, using the Jack Gunston uh, rule, I've always uh, kept a bit of an eye on Bobby Hill, thinking that perhaps possibly one day, He'd be running around on the MCG for a, for a tenant club. He will be. It will be Collingwood. Uh, would he be the sort of player Hawthorne could have made a play for? I think uh, I think with 
Brockman staying on for a year, um, he probably put paid to any interest we may have had um, and probably needed to have. I think he's a he's a good little player, but very very similar in style to the small forward that we've got on our list. And I think you know Brockman needs that 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 opportunity to prove if he's got it or not. So um, not missing out on too much there, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I think Bobby Hill's a bit of a one-quarter player um, and we just not good enough to carry a player like that at the moment. All right. That is all I had on my list. Gentlemen, anything else you want to throw into the mix before we finish up tonight? I'll take I think that there was... As- I think there was some talk about um, Flanders from, from Gold Coast, some late mail on that. And I think Weesey was the one that was sort of big on him, having watched him in the VFL Grand Final. Is that right? Yeah, he did He did watch him play. But uh, I didn't think he was on Hawthorne's radar at Flanders. But uh, he's sort of, again, a bit like Bo. It's just the profile, doesn't he? Yeah. We've got, actually... we got two players called Ned, so I'm very excited to bring a Flanders in as a massive Simpsons fan. <laughs> It's the little things, hey? No, I think um, I think probably rate him a little bit too highly to be able to... I think you'd actually have to pay them considerable amount to get him out of um, out of there. I think they I think they rate him pretty highly. So um, I know not not that he's the uh, be all and end all, but our friend of the um, of the Hawks insiders, Johnny Ralph, um, sort of put paid to that rumor. I think in with a few tweets earlier this evening. And then there was another one around Taron Thomas, um, but that just seems to be uh, Twitter's scuttlebug. Yeah, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the Taron Thomas one, but um, I, yeah, I, surely, surely Taron Thomas can't leave North this trade period as well. Um, you may as well just shut shut up the shop at North and just pack it in if they lose him as well. That's that's a lot of their talented young players that don't want to play at their club. Yeah, it's it's not looking great. I mean, I'd, I I guess you'd be questioning your future really there if, if you were seeing what was going on. So I actually wouldn't put it past a lot of players from North seeking moves. North of Shambles. We might discuss that a bit later on in the week. That has been it. We simply wrap it up in half an hour or so. Um, so what, yeah, what we'll do tomorrow night we will take this off offline. Just keep a look out for our Twitter feed if we're doing a spaces, uh, if Danny's going to run it tomorrow night uh, and Wednesday night. Keep a look out for that. I suspect we'll do something Wednesday night because that could be Jack Bowes Day. We could either be celebrating what a great achievement it was by the Hawks to outbid Geelong for him or, or cursing Geelong and, and cursing our losses. So there will be something with someone on Wednesday night, hopefully tomorrow night as well. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, thanks for your support of Hawks Insiders. Keep a lookout for the Substack as we put some content on there as well. Um, those of you who are fasting tomorrow, starting tomorrow night, please do so well and safely. And otherwise, we will talk to you again sometime later this week on the Hawks Insiders. Thank you, Simon. Congratulations once again. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Daz, for making it all happen. We'll talk to you again next time. Have a good night.